If you are coming to church, you are following God, you are serving God, and your vision is not to look like him when he returns. We are lost. If you are serving God, you are going to church, you are singing, you are worshiping, you are reading your Bible, you are listening to the word, and it is all because you don't want somebody to get angry with you, you don't want somebody to embarrass you, then you are lost. Your mindset, your heart desire and everything that is driving you must be towards the fact that I want to look like him when he comes. I don't want to be an alien, I want to be a foreigner when he comes. I want to look like him. I must resemble him. You shouldn't get to heaven and look like a, a disabled child. You shouldn't get to heaven and look very different from everybody else. He must prepare you so that by the time you get there, you look like him. You are an image of him. You, are, you mirror his presence. You mirror his glory. You mirror his looks. That should be your prayer sometimes. That Father prepare me. Prepare me for your kingdom. Prepare me for your nation. Prepare me for your kingdom. So we shouldn't force too much to look like the world. We shouldn't put in too much effort to be earthly relevant to the point where you become heavily irrelevant. You look so much like the world that you won't fit in when the kingdom of God starts to appear. You, 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 he, he may not recognize you because you have become so much into the world. Into the world with your thoughts. Into the world with your songs. Into the world with your everything. So much so that when he looks at you, he doesn't know. Is this the one? Allow yourself and allow him to prepare you Allow him to prepare you because he's preparing you as a bride unto himself. Let him prepare you. Let that be your desire. Let that be your prayer. That prepare me. Prepare me. Not, not the only, the only preparation we pray for most of the time is that prepare me so I can do your work. Prepare me and use me as a vessel. Prepare me and use me for your work. Prepare me. But prepare me to look like you. Prepare me to fit into your kingdom. Prepare me to to, to be a citizen of heaven. Prepare me to be a citizen of heaven. A citizen of heaven. Vessel change me so that I fit into heaven. But for some of us, the way we are, I don't know where we will fit in heaven. God must help us. Amen. 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 Father, we thank you for this evening. We ask of God that you speak to us by your word and by your spirit and bring change, transformation, impact, instruction. Let our lives never remain the same again. In Jesus' name we pray with thanksgiving. I pray, Heavenly Father, let your word contend and challenge and remove every opposition, every doubt, every confusion. Let it bring clarity and understanding and direction. In Jesus' name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Alright, you shall please take your seat in the presence of the Lord. Tend to speak a few words um, in line with what I've been preaching on Tuesdays. And let me take this opportunity to welcome everyone who is here worshiping with us tonight. May your expectation not be cut off in the name of Jesus. Amen. 
I said, may your expectation not be cut off in the name of Jesus. <laughs> so if you don't have an expectation, find one. Don't ever come to church without an expectation. What am I here for? What am I coming to receive? Once I sit down there, I know what I'm looking for. Once I make a journey to church, I know what I'm looking for. You must have that same heart, that same mind, that same attitude. I am going, but this is my expectation. I need God to address this issue. I need this confusion to be addressed. I, knew that I, know, I, I know God is going to talk to me about something like this. I need him to deal with this area. I need him to touch me in this area. I need a breakthrough in this direction. I need my life touched in this area. I pray that wherever you need your life touched, wherever you need your breakthrough, may the Lord establish it in Jesus' name. So for a couple of weeks now, I've been talking about open secret. Open secret. Open secret. Unfortunately, it's an open secret, but many people don't know it. It's an open secret, but many people don't know it. It's an open secret, but many people don't believe it. It's an open secret, but many people want to go around and against it, hoping that they will still achieve the same result. Unfortunately, I have seen many, many people who have tried to circumvent or run against it and hit the wall and fail. I have seen it over and over and over. I've seen it. I've seen it. How people want to achieve what we are talking about. But I don't want to achieve it this way. I want to achieve success, but I don't want to go this way. I want to prosper, but not this way. I want to see the hand of God, but not this way. I have my own mind on how I want to see it. I just want you to drop that your mindset for some time. And then embrace a new mindset for some time. And then see how God works with this new mindset. If it doesn't work, go back. If it doesn't work, go back. Because I'm not that old, but I can tell you that um, if, if you are looking for somebody who can talk about the grace of God, who can talk about the providence of God, who can talk about God being merciful, who can talk about God being kind? Who can talk about God rewarding? Who can talk about God fulfilling his promises? I am one of those people. So when I'm preaching on some of these things, I am not preaching letter. I'm preaching the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. I am the word that I'm speaking to you. I am an example and a testimony of the word that I'm speaking to you. I have seen God do things that if it wasn't for his mercy, if it wasn't for his exemption, if it wasn't for his qualification, some of us will not be doing those things. And that's why I keep talking about these things because I think that we have been given a certain doctrine, a certain um, teaching, a certain message that, that tells us that um, you don't have to do anything. If God will bless you, he will bless you. And then the, we've been told that the grace of God is sufficient. So, whatever you do, he will take care of you. There is that one. But the kind of taking care of you that you are expecting is not the one that they are talking about. If you just look, because you are my child, because you are my child, you are my, my biological child, or you are living in my house, I'll take care of you. I'll feed you. I'll give you accommodation. I'll give you shelter. But when it comes to the extras that makes you stand in life, 
it is not given just because you are under my roof. It is given because you are making a certain commitment to me. In the same way, as a child of God, you will be covered. Certain basics will be given. But when it comes to stepping out, becoming different, becoming qualified, even though you are not qualified, becoming promoted, even though you don't have the qualification for promotion, it takes another level of commitment. I was talking to somebody recently and he said that that anointing or that gift or that level that people are looking for, it does not come just by prayer and fasting. There is a covenant that goes with it. There is a sacrifice that goes with it. And this person sacrificed to get that thing. You can't just walk around, I receive, I tap, I receive, I tap. You must also sacrifice your own into the covenant. Are you understanding me? So it's not just by, I give my life to Christ, I'm born again. That you are there. There are certain things that you must do. There, there's an extra that's expected. And that's where, when, when we start talking about Matthew chapter 6 verse 33. When the Bible says, seek ye first. Seek ye first. But seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God means seek first the kingdom of God. It means that a lot of things must be sacrificed from the first place. It means that a lot of people must not be allowed to take the first place. It means that a lot of habits must not be allowed to take the first place. It means that a lot of things must not be given the first position. Unfortunately, when it comes to first position, God does not have it in most places. The kingdom does not have it in most places. Put the kingdom here. Put my career here. Put my school here. Put my relationship with my girlfriend here or my boyfriend here. Put my worldliness here. The kingdom will go number four. The kingdom will definitely go number four. My education is prime. My career is prime. My relationship is prime. My little carnality and worldliness is prime. Before I will add the kingdom of God. And after all of that, we are expecting that God must put us first. God must sort us out. God must deliver us. God must protect us. God must be there for me. He is there for you, but you are not number one. He is there for you, but you are not number one. You will choose funeral. Funeral. Look. And I've talked about it before. I have seen how Christians, they would absorb and swallow any nonsense that their employer would give them. They will absorb and swallow any nonsense that even their spouse will give them. Absorb, swallow any nonsense that their landlord will give them. But that same nonsense, let the church make a mistake. And just by mistake, not intentionally, by mistake, they can't handle it. Because everything is prime. The church and the kingdom. In fact, that, that one is level one. Let me give you a higher level. The higher level is that when your boss offends you, it's the church that suffers. Today when I went to work, the way they treated me, I don't even feel like going to church. Have you heard it before? The way this guy is treating me in the relationship, I don't even want to go to church again. When did God, God become your boyfriend or your girlfriend that is hurting you? The way my finances are going, I, 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 don't, I don't even feel like going to church. So, it's as if everybody can stand. God and the kingdom must be the ones that must always receive the blame. 
That's the reason why we are not getting the attention that you must get from God. Because he, he, he seeks to be number one. He wants to be number one. He deserves the number one position. He must have the number one position. He's a jealous God. He's a jealous God. So it says that, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek first the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom. And his righteousness. His righteousness. So seek for God's righteousness. Seek the kingdom and seek his righteousness. Some of us who are seeking the kingdom, but his righteousness is not part of it. We assume that just because you are born again, you can do whatever. Just because you are serving God, you can do whatever. Just because you are holding a microphone, you can do whatever. Just because you are in church playing the keyboard or playing the drums or, or doing something, you can, oh, now I am seeking first the kingdom. As for righteousness, hold it. So we have people who are seeking the kingdom that are so unrighteous, so unholy, so indisciplined. And they are still asking that, I have put him first. You don't put him first when you are not seeking his righteousness. He is not first. He is not first. When was the last time you considered God's thoughts about an issue before taking a decision? When was the last time you, you were coming to do something and you considered that, ah, is this his righteousness before you made the move? What does he think? How will he see it? How would he feel about it? What does he think about it before making the move? Say, so, oh, uh, you know, I, I put him first. You put him first where? You put him first in what? So it says that seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then all these things that you have been chasing will be added. So when you begin to see that the thing, instead of it being added, you are clamoring for it, you are craving for it, you are fighting and chasing for it, understand that there's something primarily and fundamentally and basically wrong. When the thing that must be added, you are now looking, if I could get this, if I could get this, and you wake up morning till night, you are just clamoring for things, you are rushing for things, you are trying to hold on to something, you are trying to grab, you are trying to know that there's something fundamentally wrong. Because he says he will add. He will add. In fact, the reason why we go about jumping and, and, and trying to grab is because sometimes it's not because we have not even put him first. Sometimes it's because we don't believe in this verse. And nobody can get anything from him who does not believe. You can't you can, you can work with unbelief and get results. Are you here? So stop your grabbing lifestyle. Stop your grabbing, grasping mentality. Stop your, hey, 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 what am I going? No. He says it will be added. It will be added. When the thing is being added, it is not as stressful as when you are looking to add it. When the thing is being added, I'll add this to you. I'll add this to you. I'll add this to you. When it is being added, sometimes you, you even wonder that, hey, do I deserve it? Ah, I'm surprised. This thing that, but why, why have they just done this for me? Why, why are things going the way they are going? They are, they are so nice. And it's, it's strange for me. I remember when, when, when God started blessing my business, I, I told my wife that I'm afraid. I'm afraid. He said, why are you afraid? I said, I'm afraid because I don't know if it will continue like that. I don't know. I don't know how and why it is happening the way it is happening. I am afraid because I, I seriously cannot tell you that I am doing A, B, and C for these things to work. I am just doing a lot of things that are, are things that I think must be done. But I don't really know if they are the things that are resulting in what we are seeing. However, I am afraid because I am not doing anything in particular to bring it. When you are doing something in particular yourself to bring it, then you are adding so you know how to add it. But here is a case. What, what is coming, it is not controlled by you. So you get scared sometimes. That will it disappear? Will it dry? The way it came, will it get lost like that? 
because it is added. It's added to you. When the thing is added, like this verse is saying, you, you get surprised. You wonder, you're standing there and you're wondering that, hey, how did you get here? How did you get here? How, how, what, what, what landed you here? What brought you here? What put you in this position? What did you do to get here? And if you can explain every step of the way, it wasn't added. If you can explain every step of the way, it was not added. You, you worked for it. You organized it. You forced out to get it. But this verse says, it shall be added. And when it's added, it's, added, it's easier. I'm, I'm talking about an open secret. Open secret. Today I want to talk to you about God rewards seekers. God rewards seekers. Or you can also make it servants. Look at Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. But without faith, it is practically impossible to please him. That's what I was saying. That some of us, we don't even believe it. But if you don't believe, how do you get it? Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. You must believe that he is. And then he goes on to say that, and that he is a rewarder. God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Seekers. He rewards his seekers. He rewards his servants. He rewards the people who are serving, looking for him, seeking after him, looking. He, the person who is saying that, I want you to be first and your righteousness is what I'm seeking. You seek everything but God. You have sought everything but God. And all the things that you have sought have scattered. Anything you have sought has scattered. Anything you have tried to seek doesn't materialize. Why don't you try a new method? Why don't you try a new way? Why don't you try a new style? Why don't you, why don't you explore a new direction? Why don't you try something else? And for me, I'm happy that um, I have the people that I have in the church. Because we are not that old. So we can redirect ourselves quickly. It is old people who cannot redirect themselves and change their, their thinking. But we are young. Under 40, 45, you are young. Hello? Yeah, under 40, 45, you are young. I'm not talking about 13 year old, 20 year old. I'm talking about 45 year old. You are so young. I have seen people start a new direction of their life at 50. I have seen people take a new direction for their life at 60. And God comes through to help. Are you here? That without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to him must believe that he is. And that is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. What are some of the rewards that we are talking about? some of the rewards. I'll, I'll just use about 15-20 minutes and then I'll release you to go. Reward number one, Revelation chapter 7. Revelation 7, 2. Reward number one, I'm talking about divine exemption. Divine exemption. Then I saw another angel ascending from the east having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was granted to harm the earth and the sea. So there was a determination of evil. There was a determination of destruction. There was a determination of judgment. There was a determination that people must be destroyed. Businesses must be destroyed. Homes must be destroyed. Companies must be destroyed. Things must be destroyed. The earth must be destroyed. A determination has been made. A judgment has been passed. Verse 3. 
saying, Do not harm the earth, the sea, or the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God on their foreheads. Until we have sealed, or we have exempted, or we have marked the servants of God, don't destroy. You can destroy after we have marked them. Once we have marked them, destroy the rest. Divine exemption or preservation is one of the benefits of seekers. One of the benefits of servants. One of the benefits of people who determine in their heart that I want to put this thing first. This thing that we are talking about, I want to put it number one. He says that I will preserve them I'll preserve them. Don't destroy until you have sealed the servants of our God. Sealed the servants of our God. Some of us are walking around here. The reason why certain things don't happen to us is not because we are smart. It's just because we have been sealed. It's because we have been sealed. It's because we have been sealed. Because we have been sealed. All because you are a servant of God. Not of any man. You are a servant of God. Once you submit to God, you will submit to his people easily. But the reason why we fight God's people is because we are not submitted to God. Are you here? Am I speaking to somebody at all? Isaiah 43, 4 says that since you were precious in my eyes, since you were precious in my eyes, since you were precious in my sight, you have been honored. Since you are precious, you are not common. You are a servant. You are a seeker. So you are precious. And because you are precious in my eyes, you have been honored. And I have loved you. Brother, why would I not want to be precious in the sight? Why would I not want to live my life to be precious in his sight. I mean, if, if the president says that you are precious in his sight and so he has loved you, you can understand what it means. But this one is God himself talking. And I have loved you. Therefore, I will give men for you and people for your life. I will definitely exempt you from it. I would exempt you. I would give, I would put people there so that you are taken out. We would, have to, we would have to replace you with people. That's why certain things don't happen to you. That's, that is why, for, look, for some of us, probably that's the reason why we are still alive. Because of the service. Because of the service. Because of what we have done and what we do. That is why we have been exempted. You are sitting down, you are having dreams. This one is chasing you, that one is chasing you, this one is chasing that one is chasing you. You don't want to seek something that will protect you. you, you are, what, what, what are you looking for? What are you looking for? I would preserve, I'm looking for God to preserve me. I'm looking for God to exempt me. Hey, if God were to open your eyes to see the things that happen, you would want exemption. Says, let's not destroy it till we have marked their foreheads. We have sealed them. We have sealed them. I pray that we will become servants so that we will become precious in his eyes. So that we will be sealed. We will be sealed. I pray for you that God will cause you to be sealed. That when accidents are happening, you will be sealed. When death is happening, you will be sealed. When jobs are being lost, you will be sealed. When businesses are going down, you will be sealed. When things are going bad, you will be sealed. Exempted. Do you know the number of people who are wishing that your marriage will collapse? Do you know the number of people who are wishing that you will not prosper and you will not go further? That the school that you have attended, you will fail and fail and fail and never make any progress. Do you know the number of people who are excited that they can see that things are not going to go well for you? If I were you, one of the places I will hide my head is in the kingdom. Because he says that if I seek him first, these things will be added. And one of the things that will be added is preservation. 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 That you will be preserved. Preserved. Maybe the reason why I am not gone is because of what I'm doing. It is possible that if I wasn't doing this, something bad could have happened. 
if I hadn't given myself the way I have, maybe something bad could have happened. I'm not saying the same for you. I am talking for myself. I'm not saying the same for you. I'm talking for myself. But if you are a smart person, you will understand. If you are a spiritual person, you will understand that it is not your mother or your father that is protecting you. It is not your money that is protecting you. It is not your education that has preserved you. There is a God who sits up there, who looks at the affairs of man, and who says that this one, he be exempted. This one is exempted. This one is not going to the hospital. COVID-19. How is it possible that we have walked through all this life this year and we cannot point one who was hit by COVID-19 in this place? It's called exemption. 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 I know people. You see, if you didn't know anybody who had got COVID-19 attack, you would say that it is not real. I know people. I know people personally who went through it. Which tells me that I could also have gone through it. It's real. Why didn't I go through it? Preservation. And why will I not go through it? Preservation. And why will you not go through it? Preservation. Preservation. Second Corinthians chapter 11. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying that you will not suffer. I'm not saying that you, you will not be hungry sometimes. I'm not saying that you, you will not fall sometimes. I'm not saying that things will not happen. What I'm saying is that even when the things happen, God will preserve you. Because you are precious in his sight. 2 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 22. Because you are precious in his sight, you will go through. Look, if, let me ask you a question. If you are not valuable to somebody, if your, if, if your existence does not add anything to him, why should he preserve you? I mean, what is the reason, what's the reason why you must be preserved? Of what use is your preservation to him? What are you here for? Oh, I'm keeping him alive. For what? For what? Have you seen a human being who has seen a mosquito or mosquitoes that are biting him saying I want to preserve I want to preserve the mosquitoes I want to preserve the mosquitoes this one I will protect the mosquito this mosquito cannot die, why? because it's of no use it's actually a burden it's a problem but people who have puppies people who have dogs that guard them if the dog is sick, the man is disturbed. They will bring the vet, they will carry the dog, they will inject the dog, they will give medicine to the dog, they will pray for the dog. I was out, I, I traveled, my wife said, my, my dogs, they are, they, are, they are giving birth and something is happening. I said, pour oil on them, anoint them. I said, pray for the dogs, pray for the dogs. I wanted to pray for the dogs to survive. Why? They are precious to me. I don't remember ever saying that the mosquito that was killed, pray for the mosquito to come back to life. Kill it. What are you waiting for? Kill it. And if you are not able to kill it, I get angry with somebody. You couldn't kill the mosquito. What's wrong with you? Come on, mosquito, you can't kill it. The reason why you will preserve that animal and don't care about that animal is that this one is profitable to you. This one serves you. This one protects you. This one is a profitable child. It's a profitable servant. It's a profitable animal to my kingdom. How profitable are you to God's kingdom? Why should he be protecting you? Why should he be preserving you? Why should he exempt you? Why should he set you apart? Why should he take you from the midst of poor people? What will your wealth contribute to his kingdom? Why should he waste his time? Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? So am I. And continue verse 23. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. In labor is more abundant. So this man is talking, this apostle is talking about the fact that look, I went through certain things, but I am still here. 
Things that could have killed me didn't kill me. I am still here. And I believe it's because he is profitable to God. That apostle, profitable apostle, writing to Corinthians, writing to Ephesus, going to talk to Timothy, going here, doing this, doing this, touching the kingdom, touching the world for the name of Jesus. That's the reason why he was, he was protected even in the midst of these things. He says that, I, I, in, in labor, small band, a small child, young boy, young guy, small labor, you are so tired you want to die. You are not exempted. You have not been exempted. He says, in labors, more abundant, in stripes, as in beatings, above measure. What have you seen? In prison, more often, more frequently, in death, often. Just like, I am close to death all the time. People are just trying to kill me all the time. But there, there's always a way that God helps him to be exempted. God causes him to escape. Look, there are people surrounding you who want to kill you all the time. They want to administer stripes to you all the time. They want to harm you all the time. You need to become profitable to God. You need to become profitable to God. Young people, become profitable to God. Become profitable to God. It is more important to be profitable to God than to anybody else. Become profitable to God. What is, what is your life? What is your life? What is your use? That every time you are, just, you are just prancing about, you are just prancing about, you are not touching anybody. You are not affecting anybody. You are not impacting anybody. You are just there. Continue for me. Verse 24. I'm going up to 33. From the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. I'm not telling you that because you are serving God, you will not go through anything. But he will preserve you. Are you understanding me? I'm not saying that you will not go through anything. So don't tell me that. Eh, but but if, if, if that's the case, why am I going through what I'm doing? You are going through it, but you're being preserved. You are going through it, but you are being preserved. You know what we go through? We go through so much, but God preserves us. That's the reason why you see us, we are, we are always looking young. And we are always looking nice. It's as if nothing is happening. A lot of things are happening. But God has a way of preserving us. Because we are profitable to him. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. And night and a day I have been in the deep. Little small things that happen to you for the kingdom. You have, have given up. It's too much. I can't handle it. I can't take it any longer. You are not serious. You are not serious. You don't know who you are serving. You don't know who you are serving. You think that this, this journey is what? You think that this journey is, 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 a, is a honeymoon? It's not a honeymoon. It's service, service, service. We come and serve the kingdom. We come and serve the kingdom. This man understood, this apostle understood that, hey, I am here to serve the kingdom. So whatever it takes, I will take it. I know that the master that I'm serving will protect me. I will not die doing this. I will be protected. In journeys often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, your own people, they want to harm you. But you need to serve the God who brings exemption. That even when they plan against you, he will exempt you. Like the way he did for, he did for Job. Satan approached God and said, Job, that guy, you think that he's serving you for nothing. You think that he's your servant for nothing. He's serving you because of the protection. God said, you know what? Let me take off the protection. And see if he will not serve me. He will still serve me. God understood that this guy, he's a servant. He is a servant at heart. And he's serving me. And I will exempt, I will exempt a lot of things from happening. So he said that, remove, remove, the, remove the thing. Do anything you want. But don't touch his life. He was exempted from death. But exposed to everything. And God was watching. Because he's profitable to God. He's your prophet. Who are you profitable to? The person you are profitable to will, 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 will protect you. If you're, you're prof, you are profitable to the devil, he will protect you. But who needs the devil's protection? Protecting you from what? 
from God? Is he protecting you from God? In perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren. In weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. By now he should have died. He's a strong man. He's not a weak man. The anointing is for strong people. The anointing is not for weak people. It's for strong people. Look at what the man is going through and he's still alive. He should have died by now. But he's still standing. Besides the other things, what comes upon me daily, my deep concern. My deep concern. All the churches, my deep concern. This man is not even thinking about what he's going through. He's not thinking about the hunger. He's not thinking about the shipwreck. He's not thinking about the beating. He's not thinking about the arm robbers. He's not thinking about the death. He's not thinking about anything. All he says is that whatever happens to me, all I think about is the concern for all the churches. That's all I think about. Go to 28 again. 20. Oh, that, that, that is my deep concern for all the churches. What comes upon me daily? My deep concern for all the churches. What is your deep concern? What is your deep concern? You, you are not even going through anything, but you don't have any deep concern for the church. You are not going through anything. The only thing you are going through is that this afternoon you didn't eat, you are hungry. You don't have any deep concern for the kingdom. You don't have any deep concern for the church. You don't have any deep concern for the things of God. You don't have any deep concern for righteousness. You don't have any deep, deep concern for even starting any ministry. You don't have any deep concern for the things of God. You have no deep concern. He says that in spite of all the things that I'm going through, the deep concern for all the churches. That's what I have. 29. Where's your deep concern? Deep concern. Who is weak and I'm not weak? Who is made to stumble and I do not bend with indignation? If I must boast, I will boast in the things which concern my weakness or my infirmity. Or the things that I go through. But you, you are looking for something that will make you big. Then you boast about it. He wants to boast in his weakness. Boast in his infirmity. Boast in the fact that I have been beaten. Boast in the fact that I have been swerved. Boast in the fact that people have chased me. People have come against me. People have tried to bring me down. Boast in the fact that I have been beaten several times. Boast in the fact that all of these things I did in my weakness. And still my concern was for the church and the kingdom. Where do you boast? If I must boast, I will do it. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is blessed forever, knows that I am not lying. I am not lying. I have gone through all of this. I am not lying. Verse 32. In Damascus, the governor under Aretas, the king, was guarding the city of the Damascians with a garrison desiring to arrest me. They were desiring to arrest him and yet he was still there. This is somebody who was possessed by the kingdom. And God was also protecting him. What has possessed you? What makes you cry in the night? What makes you cry in the morning? What wakes you up? What makes you start running around? What makes you angry? What makes you charge on people? What makes you cry? Have you ever cried that souls, souls are perishing before? Have you ever gone on your knees that you are interceding for an, a community before? Have you gone on your knees, I'm interceding for the community, I'm interceding for the church, I'm interceding for pregnant women, I'm interceding for people who are backslidden, I'm interceding. Have you ever? I'm talking about people who are dying for the kingdom. People who are serving, who are seeking. He says that he will protect them, he will preserve them, he will exempt them, those who are his servants, those who are seeking, diligently. But I was let down in a basket through a window in the wall and escaped from his hands. He was let down in a basket. God had to protect him and preserve him. Number two. Number two. Number one, I said preservation. Number two. He will cut off your enemies. He will cut off your enemies. You will not even see them. He will cut them off. Those enemies that every time my enemies are against me, my enemies are against me, my enemies are against me. I'm giving you the solution. Drop yourself into God's service. Drop yourself. Become a servant of God. 
Let God see you as his servant. Psalm 143 verse 12. Let God see you as his servant. In your mercy, cut off my enemies. <laughs> In your mercy, cut off my enemies. And destroy all those who afflict my soul. For I am your servant. The reason why you must cut off my enemies. And preserve me. And help me not to see them. And all those who afflict my soul must be destroyed. Is because I am your servant. I am your servant. I am your servant. I am your servant. I am at your beck and call. I am doing what you want me to do the way you want me to do it. I am doing what you want me to do when you want me to do it. I am going where you want me to go, how you want me to go, when you want me to go. I am saying what you want me to say, how you want me to say it, how often you want me to say it. I'm your servant. So cut off my enemies and destroy all those who afflict my soul. I'm your servant. I don't want to see my enemies. I don't want to see them that plot against me. I don't want to see people who want to bring me down. I am your servant. Cover me. I'm your servant. Cover me. When you read Daniel, Daniel, how, how, how Daniel was put into the midst of his enemies, the lion. Daniel chapter 6. Let me read that passage and we'll finish. Daniel 6, 19. Daniel 6, 19. Then the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste to the den of lions. Not lion, lions. And when he came to the den, he cried out a lamenting voice to Daniel. The king spoke saying to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God. That was his description. Not Daniel, the wise man. Or Daniel, the anointed man. Or Daniel, the intelligent man. Or Daniel the strong man. Or Daniel the rich man. Daniel, servant of the living God. Has your God whom you serve continually. The king knew that. If anything will speak for Daniel. It must be his God. That he serves continually. His God that he serves continually. The qualification is serving continually. Not serving periodically. Not serving historically. Not serving futuristically. Serving continually. I used to do it. I'm still doing it. I'll continue doing it. Serving. Not that I used to do it. But not anymore because I've become busy. Or I've become a big man. Or I've married a wife, or I've married a husband, or I've got children, or I've got a new business that I'm building, or I'm, I'm trying to build my career, I'm trying to protect my life and myself. It is not the God that you used to serve. Neither is it the God that you will serve when you turn 40. This time I'm trying to establish. This time I'm trying to stabilize. This time I'm putting things in order. So that when I'm 40 and I have a house and I'm married and my children are growing, then I will have some time to serve God. Who gave you that 40? Who gave you that 40? I know it's not everybody who likes such messages. But it's not a bother for me. Because I'm a servant. And my master says, this is what you should tell the people. When was the last time I took a phone to call you to come to church? I don't remember. It is he who caused you to come to church. So if he causes you to come to church, it is not my time to preach my message. If I called you to come, then I, am, I have something to tell you and I'm going to preach my message to you. But if he brings his people, it is his message I have to tell them. He only brought them for me to tell them. So I can't tell you what I feel. Because what I feel is a different message. What I feel is a different message. In fact, what I feel, the truth, let me tell you. What I feel, 30 minutes before the service, what did I tell you? Yes. When I was lying down. I 
minutes. I don't want to manage. 30 minutes before. I said to my family, I don't want to come to church. I don't want to preach. I just want to walk. But this man standing here, does he look like somebody who didn't want to come to church? Who didn't want to preach? Who wanted to lie down? No. What I'm trying for you to understand is that most of the time, we come and do the thing we are doing, not because we feel like doing it. So stop telling me that I don't feel like this, I don't feel like that, I don't feel like this. We don't always feel like doing this thing, but we have a master who has spoken and the servant must say yes! That is who a servant is. That is how a servant operates. I don't always feel like following the things that I want to do, but because I'm a servant, when I hear, I must run. When I hear, I must run. When I hear, I must run. I can't say that I don't feel like it. I can complain to my wife. I can complain to my children. But I can never complain to God. When he says, I can't say, you know, today I don't feel like talking. I, won't, I, won't, you know, I, don't, I don't want to go. I don't. The way, look, that's the, that's, that's the difference between me and you. That's the difference between me and you. That's, that's the reason why you shouldn't envy me. That's the reason why you shouldn't be offended when God blesses me. That's the reason why I should even not apologize when God blesses me. Because you, you are prayed by your feeling. I don't feel like, I don't feel like. I don't, I don't have that luxury of not feeling like. I don't have that luxury of not feeling like. In fact, there are times that I leave the service and I begin to feel bad because I was supposed to lay hands on somebody and I didn't do it. Then I feel bad. But you, you walk out freely, quietly. You are happy. No, we are not the same. But if you want to see the, the thing that I am seeing, if you want to hear what I'm hearing, if you want to walk where I'm walking, if you want to do what I'm doing, you must begin to cut out certain things and sacrifice. Yeah. Even me, I'm not there yet. But at least I've started. Why are you not starting? When are you, not, when are you going to also move? The God has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions. I will cut off your enemies. Cut my enemies off because I'm your servant. Your God, who you serve continually, has he been able to deliver you. Continue. Verse 21. Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. Nyinche. Nana. My God sent his angel and cut off my enemies. He shut the lion's mouth so that they have not hurt me because I was found innocent before him and also, O king, I have done no wrong before you. I was found innocent before him and you too have not wronged me. So when I entered the place, my God, whom I said, sent an angel or sent angels to shut the mouth of the lions so that they couldn't harm me. May the Lord shut the mouth of lions so that they don't harm you. May the Lord shut the mouth of evil so that it doesn't come near you. May the Lord shut the mouth of wicked people so that they don't harm you. Verse 23. Now the king was exceedingly glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no injury whatsoever was found on him because he believed in his God. Continue. See the difference. And the king gave the command and they brought those men who had accused Daniel and they cast them into the den of the lions. Them their children. I see, I see God giving men for you. I see God replacing your, your life with somebody. I see God taking your death and giving it to somebody. I see God putting somebody in the lion's den instead of you. I see God delivering you from the mouth of the lion and putting somebody's head inside the mouth of the lion. And the king gave the command and they brought those men. Cast them into the den of lions them, their children and their wives one man was replaced by men their children and their wives that is how precious that is how precious you are 
That is how important you are to him as a servant. That is how valuable you are to him as a servant. That is how precious, that is how expensive you are to him as a servant. That's how expensive you are. So don't run out of the position of servanthood for God. Don't, don't try to fight against it. I don't want to serve God. I, I, you know, I, want, to, I want to serve my, my, my kingdom. I want to serve my business. I want to serve my clients. You want to serve everybody but God. You are in a hurry to run away from serving God. You are in a hurry to, to just, you know, I just, I just come in and listen to the word and walk away. So at your workplace, they don't even know that you are, you are a servant of God. You have, never, you have never gathered your staff to pray before. You have never called your colleagues that, you know what, this thing that we are going through is prayer that we need. We must call upon God. He's the one I serve. It's never, even, it's never even come out of your mouth before. You can never show that you are even a servant of God. He replaced them. He replaced. He was replaced by children, men, their wives. The Bible says, and the lions overpowered them and broke all their bones in pieces before they ever came to the bottom of the den. Before they landed, the lions were hungry. They have been hungry for too long. How come? Daniel entered there and they did not eat him. And then, when more meat started coming, he said, this one is a party. Somebody said that because when Daniel was landing, the lion of the tribe of Judah was with him. So when the lion of the tribe of Judah entered into the lions then, the other lions went down. the lion of the tribe of Judah go before you. May the lion of the tribe of Judah protect you. May the lion of the tribe of Judah guard you. May the lion of the tribe of Judah be your protector. And then when the lion of the tribe of Judah left, and then these ones landed. This one is meat. Weye boronam. We are Karamanina. When I went to Bogatanga, my old man said that this is how my people call dog Karamani. 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 Dog Karamani. This one is Karamani who eats them and they finished all of them. They finished all of them. May you never be finished in the name of Jesus. So, protection. Number one is preservation, number two is protection. Number three, prosperity. Preservation, protection, prosperity. Number three, you shall prosper as you serve God. He said, you shall prosper as you serve God. Job chapter 36 verse 11. Job 36 11. You shall prosper. If they obey and serve him. If they obey and serve him. If you will obey and serve him. I am giving you secrets, every secret. It's an open secret. If they obey and serve him with a capital H, he's talking about God, they shall spend their days in prosperity. They shall spend their days in prosperity. May you spend your days in prosperity as you obey and serve him. Spend your day in prosperity. Your days, they shall spend their days. They shall spend their days. They shall spend their days in prosperity. I'm not talking about just money. I'm talking about good health. I'm talking about exposure. I'm talking about wonderful experiences. I'm talking about connections. I'm talking about contact. I'm talking about honor. I'm talking about glory. I'm talking about favor. I'm talking about God being so kind to you that every man that meets you wants to show you kindness. I'm talking about prosperity, not money. Because you can have money and not be prospered. Prosperity is bigger than money. Money falls inside prosperity. I'm talking about good health. 
He says that they shall spend their days in prosperity. It, it means that you are spending your days. You are, you are driving prosperity. You are sitting down having a chat prosperity. You are traveling prosperity. I mean, it's, it's, it, it becomes your name. You, you shall be called prosperous. Prosperity. You spend your days in prosperity. And their years in pleasures. In pleasures. In pleasures. Their years not in sorrow. Not in pain. But in pleasures. All because of service. If they obey and serve. If they obey and serve. If they obey and serve. Most of us are obedient but we are not serving. Most of us are obedient. Oh, don't do this. We won't do it. Don't do this. We won't do it. Thou shalt not. We will not. Thou shalt not. We will not. Thou shalt. You shall. Thou shalt. But when it comes to service, it's like, oh no. Obedience is enough. But it says, if they obey and serve. If they obey and serve. If they obey and serve. Add service to, to your obedience. Psalm 35 verse 27. Add service to your obedience. 35 27. I finished. That's my last verse. Let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause. And let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. He has pleasure. He has pleasure. When he sees his servants prospering, he is like, wow. I am enjoying this. I like it. I like it. I like the way he's prospering. I like the way he's wealthy. I like the way he's healthy. I like the way he's favored. I like the way he's so happy. I like the, he says that he, he, he takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. It means that God is pleased. God is pleased. God is happy. God is happy when he sees you prospering if you are a servant. God is happy when he sees you prospering. God is not depressed. God is not sad. God is not angry. God wants his children to prosper. He wants his servants to prosper. That's the reason why I said I will not apologize for God's prosperity. I will not say sorry. I am sorry. I'm sorry for buying the car I bought. I'm sorry for driving the car I drive. I'm sorry for living the, in the house I live in. I'm sorry, you know, it's not, it's, you know, I should humble myself. I shouldn't live in a Hey, stop that nonsense. God is ex excited. God is excited. God is excited. He is excited. He takes pleasure. He has pleasure. He enjoys, he enjoys it. Which kind of father, which kind of master is not, is, is not happy when his children prosper? When his children are doing well? The God that we serve, he takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. He takes pleasure. You know, there are certain bosses that when you are working with them, I had a boss, when you are working with them and you buy a new watch or you buy a new belt or you buy a new shoe, they will say, hey, Mr. Emmanuel, we must... Auditing. <laughs> he does not. He does not take pleasure in the prosperity of his employees or his servants. But the God that we serve, he takes pleasure. He takes pleasure. He he doesn't fight it. He's not angry about it. He's not disappointed. He's not. He doesn't hate it. He likes it. I pray that we move from just being observers of the kingdom to servants of the kingdom. Servants who are seeking his glory, seeking his righteousness so that when we will prosper, that when we prosper, he will take pleasure in our prosperity. Stand to your feet. Let's close the service and begin to pray for yourself. That Father, I want to save you. I want to save you. I want to be, I want, I want my identity to change. I want the identity of a servant. I want to carry the name of a servant. I want to have the identity of a servant. I want to wear the garment of a servant. I want to speak the language of a servant. I want to serve you. I want to go back. I am tired of referring to my history that I used to serve you. I used to be on fire for you. I don't want that former fire again. I want current fire. I want to have an encounter that would change me to become a servant. I want to serve you. I want to start again. I want to go back to where I used to be. I want to continue from where I left up. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Hey! 
Thank you for listening to Pastor Emmanuel Methel. We hope you were blessed by the message. Worship with us at the Rohi Church in Community 22, Tema. Every Sunday from 7.30 to 9.30 for the tree service and 10.30 to 12.30 for the English service. We have Bible studies from 9.45 to 10.30 a.m. Tuesday empowerment service is from 6.30 to 8 o'clock p.m. Download the Rohi Church app on Google Play and App Store for more life-transforming messages. Follow Pastor Emmanuel Methel and the Rohi Church on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Call us on 0204-336-002 for counseling and inquiry. Rohi Church, loving God, making disciples, and evading globally. God bless you. This message is brought to you by Hot Jobs Africa Limited, Ghana's number one HR firm. Looking for quality staff? Looking for a job? Contact us on 0204-336-009. Think HR, think Hot Jobs Africa.